0: Hello there, I'm Brandon Julian, the host of the UPDATE podcast. Spring break is finally here. It's all about getting out of town and uh, forget about all that family together and stuff, but it's about getting out of town and enjoying some time off, or as has been the case for me in recent years, catching up on much-needed sleep. I mean, think about it. As a kid, you had entirely uh, amazing. Amazing, you add so much energy. As an adult, you get up, you ju- you get up, you get dressed, you go to work, and then you go to bed. <laughs> but anyway, hopefully your spring break is going very well. And while we are off for this spring break to, uh, you know, just enjoy time off, spend time with the wife and whatnot. Uh, this week we are looking into our archives on the update. The past three years we've done on radio and also from the coronavirus crisis from the very beginning. So I might just sound a little bit different, just with really better microphone quality. But until after the spring break, uh, enjoy these, this episode of the update, uh, rebroadcast of The Update. And in the words of Roger Grimsby and Bill tell hoping that your news is good news, I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck. Be safe. And please be well. You're listening to The Update with Brandon Julian on New York's only EDM station. This is 90.3 WKRB, Kingsborough Community College, Brooklyn, New York. Good afternoon. On the update this Monday, Harvey Weinstein in a new interview made a shocking claim He says that he's a pioneer in advancing the careers of women in the film industry. We'll have the latest details on what exactly he said. In Jersey City, it's possible there's a new connection in the Jersey City shooting. A man whose number was found in one of the perpetrator's pockets of last week's shootings in the Jewish market is due in court to face a weapons charge unrelated to that specific attack. Out in Oakland, it really was a sad way for the stadium to go out. The final play at the place known as the Black Hole was a desperation pass that fell harmlessly to the turf in the end zone. In Washington, the race is now on for 2020. Well, sort of. The president has made made clear today that he intends to participate in at least three general election debates. But he's also threatening to sidestep the nonprofit group that's charged with running them. And it was a very short lived ultimate surprise. Imagine going to check your bank account one day and seeing an unexpected deposit of $37 million. This is the update, Monday, December the 16th, 2019.
1: You're listening to 90.3 WKRB. Brooklyn's best rhythmic station. And now, Brandon Julian with an hour of news and information and your exclusive WKRB forecast. This is the update with Brandon Julian on 90.3 WKRB and WKRB.org. Everything you need to know because anything can happen in New York City.
0: And a very pleasant Monday afternoon to you with uh, snowflakes flying around in the big city. It's the dawn of what's going to be a very messy uh, next 24 or at least the 36 hours around here. We'll give you details, of course, in the exclusive WKRB forecast. I'm Brandon Julian, fresh off a long weekend. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. We have a lot of news to get to. Uh, we're going to begin this afternoon with uh, Harvey Weinstein in a new interview that he gave in the New York Post. Weinstein says that he's a pioneer in advancing the careers of women in the film industry. He said in an interview that was published on Sunday that he's made more movies directed by women and about women than any other filmmaker. Of course, scores of women have accused the movie mogul of sexual misconduct. Uh, Weinstein, of course, has denied all allegations of non-consensual sex. He faces a January 6th trial on rape and sexual assault charges in state court. He's pleaded not guilty. Lawyer Gloria Allred, who represents the accuser, says that the sole focus should be on the pending criminal case. On to some of the other news of this Monday. And uh, we learned uh, over the weekend that a banker who was credited with saving New York City from financial ruin died at the age of 91. Felix Rotahan died on Saturday at his home in Manhattan. Uh, His son Nicholas confirmed the death. Rotahan was born in Vienna back in 1928. He fled Nazi-occupied France with his family in 1940 and arrived in the United States in 1942. He rose to prominence with the banking firm Lazard Freres and was named chairman of the state-appointed Municipal Assistance Corporation in 1975. That position gave him considerable power over taxes and spending in the nation's largest city. WKRB news Time is now 2.02. Under the pressure from uh, conservative groups, uh, the Hallmark Channel, they've now pulled the ads for a wedding planning site that featured two brides kissing at the altar. Hallmark told the AP that the ads for the Zola wedding website were pulled because the controversy had become a distraction. The conservative group One Million Moms said it had complained about the ads to Bill Abbott, the CEO of Hallmarks' parent company, Crown Media Family Networks. However, the backlash with celebrities like Ellen DeGeneres and Sandra Bernhardt blasted Hallmarks' decision on Twitter. So DeGeneres even asking, quote, Isn't it almost 2020? What are you thinking? Meanwhile, this afternoon, you may remember we told you last year about a mother whose toddler was yanked from her arms by police in a widely seen online video. Well, now New York City says that it will pay $625,000 to resolve that lawsuit. Jasmine Headley, you may remember, sued the city back in August, alleging trauma and humiliation speaking unspecified damages over the December 2018 incident. Back in February, she testified before the city council. They offered her a public apology and passed legislation also, aiming at improving how people are treated at benefits offices and making the system more transparent. Back on Friday, the law department said that the city will pay to resolve the lawsuit. WKRB News Time is now 2.04. Up in the Morningside Heights section of Manhattan over the weekend, we've learned that a 13 year old boy was arrested in the fatal starving of Tessa Majors, a Menard College freshman. City Corporation counsel James E. Johnson says the 13 year old was arrested on charges that include felony murder. Chief of Detective Ronnie Harrison said the one arrest has been made, but this, quote, remains an active investigation. Police say that Majors was stabbed while walking in Morningside Park last Wednesday. Majors' family says that they're devastated by, quote, the senseless loss of our beautiful and talented Tess. Police have said that as many as three attackers were involved. On Friday's hearing, a detective had testified that the teen arrested said that his friend slashed Majors during a robbery. Of course, if you have any information regarding the case, you're asked to call the NYPD's Crime Stoppers hotline that number 1-800-577-TIPS. To the state capitol in Albany we go this afternoon where Governor Cuomo is now proposing legislation banning drugs that mimic the deadly synthetic opioid fentanyl. Cuomo says today that the ban on fentanyl analogs will be the second proposal of his 2020 State of the State agenda. He says he'll also propose a series of actions to expand medication-assisted treatment of opioid abuse disorder. Almost says that there's been a dramatic increase in overdose deaths, overdose deaths from fentanyl and its analogs, even as the overall number of overdose deaths is declining in New York State. WKRB News Time is going on 207. There are some advocates who now say that the 2017 death of a prisoner now illustrates how New York's prison system fails to ensure the safety of inmates who might hurt themselves if they're left alone in a cell. New York State prisoners in solitary confinement or other units in which inmates are isolated were over five times more likely to kill themselves compared to prisoners in general confinement. This report came from the Department of Corrections and Community Supervision. The report said that of the 130 inmate suicides between 2004 and 2013 in New York prisons, 30 of them were by prisoners in solitary or isolated housing. Across the river we go now to Newark and New Jersey where we're continuing to learn more developments about the Jersey City shooting. The man whose number was found on one of the perpetrators in the pocket of last week's fatal shootings at a Jewish market is now due in court to face a weapons charge that's unrelated to the attack. Ahmad A. Haiti was scheduled to appear in U.S. District Court in Newark this afternoon. The 35-year-old's number was found in the pants pocket of David Anderson, one of the two attackers that was killed by police after an hours-long standoff at the J.C. Kosher supermarket. Anderson and Francine Graham killed Jersey City Police Detective Joseph Seals before storming the store and killing three people inside. A Haiti hasn't been charged with providing, though, any of the weapons that were used in last Tuesday's shootings, WKRB News time is now two oh nine. And finally, this afternoon, over in Orange, New Jersey, federal authorities there said they've recovered a white van that may be connected to the Jersey City shootings that killed four people and is still being investigated as a case of domestic terrorism. The FBI said in a statement that the van recovered on Saturday morning in Orange was being examined for any evidence related to Tuesday's slayings. The attackers were killed, of course, in an hours-long gun battle with police. Uh, Police in Ramapo, here in New York, had earlier said that FBI officials were trying to locate such a van. WKRB News, time going on to 10. Uh, We still have a lot more to cover on the update this Monday afternoon. You walk outside now. uh, It's not sticking to the ground, but snowflakes are flying around here. It's just the start of what's going to be a very messy 24 to 36 hours around here. Uh, We have delays, some skip stations, planned work. Your traffic and weather together is coming up next. And then we're going to talk some sports this afternoon including one of a really sad way to go out up in Oakland. The final play at the stadium that's been known as the Black Hole uh, was a desperation pass that fell harmlessly to the turf in the end zone. We'll have all that in just one minute. This is the update with Brady Julian on a Monday afternoon here on 90.3 WKRB. News
1: for New Yorkers who never stop moving. You're listening to The Update with Brandon Julian on 90.3 WKRB.
2: Rich is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free-range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. Makes good people look bad. Visit stoptechstoprex.org, a public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
1: Of all the radio stations in New York, we just happen to be one of them. This is the update with Brandon Julian on 90.3 WKRB.
0: Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies. It's time for traffic and weather together. WKRB News Time now to 12. Let's get you started with a check on the local subways this afternoon. Your northbound 4 and 5 trains are on the local track Brooklyn Bridge to Grand Central. All you get medical help for someone at Fulton Street, so allow some additional travel time on your uh, your 4 and 5 trains. Uh, southbound B and C trains are bypassing 135th Street while crews are continuing to address an earlier damaged platform at that station, uh, you need service to the station. Take a northbound B or C train from 100 and 25th Street or use the M3 bus along St. Nicholas Avenue. A plan, midday plan where it goes until 3 o'clock, 3.30 on some lines. Uh, Bronx-bound four trains are express uh, from Marshalloo Parkway up to Woodlawn for service to these stations. Take uh, the 4 train to Mashaloo Parkway and transfer to a Brooklyn-bound 4 train. Also, uh, your 4 trains uptown are running every 16 minutes between Burnside Avenue and Woodlawn. Last stop for alternate trains is Burnside Avenue, transfer to a woodbound, Woodlawn-bound 4 at that station. Pelham Bay Parkbound 6 trains are local, 3rd uh, th- Avenue, 138th Street to Parkchester, allows some additional travel time. Also, last stop for alternate trains heading toward Pelham Bay Park is 3rd Avenue, 138th Street. Flushing Bound 7 trains are express, uh, skipping 82nd, 90th, 103rd, and 111th Streets. Service City stations take a 7 train to Junction Boulevard or Willets Point and transfer to a Hudson Yards Bound 7 train. J trains are stopping in both directions at Hughes, Lorimer Streets, and Flushing Avenue until 3:30. L trains run every 12 minutes between Myrtle Wyckoff Avenues and Rockaway Parkway. Uh, last stop for alternate trains from Manhattan is Myrtle Wyckoff Avenues. And on your Staten Island Railway, there's a boarding change. All trains are boarding and exiting at the St. George bound platform and includes Princes Bay, Pleasant Plains, Richmond Valley and Arthur Kill stations. Uh, There's flooding protection work on the N train through the spring of 2020. Your last stop is 86th Street. For service to and from Coney Island, use a D, F or Q train. A free transfer is also available between the Avenue X F train station and the 86th Street N train station. It's about a five-minute walk, or you can transfer to the B1 or B4 buses when you—excuse me—when using your MetroCard. For wheelchair-accessible passengers, transfer to the D train at 34th Street Herald Square or New Utrecht Avenue 62nd Street. Also, accessibility work continues until 2022 on your Grand Central shuttle. Track 1 is out of service. Tracks 3 and 4 are available. For faster service on 42nd Street, you can use the 7 train, or you can transfer to the M42 bus on the street level. Other than that, all the other subways are running on a close-to-schedule. Alternate-side parking and meter rules are in effect today, and garbage and recycling is on schedule. Let's take a first look right now at our exclusive WKRB forecast. We saw some snowflakes fly earlier around. Uh, Those snowflakes are going to be the dawn of what's going to be, what is really going to be a wild next 24 hours. And just when you think you can relax, don't worry, because probably the coldest air of the entire season is going to rush right back in after that. It'll make it feel like the teens on a couple of days, especially uh, for for your Thursday. For the rest of this afternoon, however, we'll have cloudy skies, maybe a couple of sprinkles, uh, maybe some, a couple of snow flurries here and there. Otherwise, cloudy, highs around 36. And then for tonight, we'll have rain, snow, and sleet, a mixed bag, uh a little bit after midnight, then transitioning to rain and sleet, and then just plain rain, uh, lows around 33. Any snow and sleet accumulation will be less than half an inch. Currently outside right now, it's 35 degrees and cloudy. Humidity at 47%. Winds are west at 4 miles per hour. 35 degrees. We are going up to 36 degrees this afternoon with those cloudy skies and those snow those, flow, those snow flurries just flying around here and there. WKRB News Time is now 2:17. 17 Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. It's a football Monday around here, so we'll start down in Nashville. With the Texans' victory at Tennessee against the Titans, a week after a monumental flop against the Broncos, it's lifted the Texans into a lead in the AFC South. Houston nearly blew a 14 nothing halftime lead and wound up tied in the fourth quarter. But Carlos Hyde scored on a 10-yard touchdown run as the Texans scored 10 straight points for a 24-21 victory. The Texans will visit uh, Tampa Bay before hosting the Titans in the season finale. Tennessee, meanwhile, gets a visit from the Saints next weekend. Meanwhile, uh, in the NFC East, uh, Philadelphia and Dallas remain tied after Dak Prescott threw two touchdown passes and Ezekiel Elliott ran for two scores in a 44-21 win over the Rams. Uh, the Cowboys offense produced the season high in points to go with 475 total yards. Meanwhile, down in Washington, Carson Wentz camped a 75-yard scoring drive by tossing a four-yard TD pass to Greg Ward with, 24, with 26 seconds left to, to secure the Eagles' win, 37-27. I don't know why I can't really talk right now or mixing up my words. Finally, we'll go out west to Oakland, where it's not the best way for a stadium to go out. Just remember the Mets and Shea Stadium when they lost to the Marlins. The final play at the stadium that's been known as the Black Hole was a desperation pass that fell harmlessly to the turf in the end zone. The Raiders blew a thirteen point fourth quarter lead and lost twenty to sixteen to Jacksonville in their final game at Oakland Almada County Stadium, a county coliseum. Uh, Oakland's last two games of the season are on the road, and next year they'll become the Las Vegas Raiders. An open play at a $2 billion stadium that's being built near the Las Vegas Strip. Not a bad way to make a living. In terms of today's action, Rangers are the only local team playing. They're at the Garden tonight to take on the Predators tonight at 7 o'clock. WKRB News, time now to 19. Uh, when we come back on the update this afternoon, it'll be time to talk about our Weird but True Stories We'll tell you how a man is suing over a take-home paternity test and how a 141-year-old homemade fruitcake is apparently a family heirloom. And then, of course, we'll also talk about what happened on this day in history that's coming up in uh, just two minutes. This is the Update with Brandon Julian on a Monday afternoon. It's the start of a brand-new week uh, here on 90.3 WKRB.
1: Keep it tuned in to WKRB. The update returns
0: in a moment.
1: Everybody buckle up. Buckle up. buckle Buckle up. Buckle up. Every,
2: every, 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 every everybody buckle up. Buck buckle up. Buck buckle up. Pop
0: pop pop mom. everybody. Buckle up.
2: Let's go. Buckle up. Are we go to the store. Can we get some ice
3: cream? Buckle up. Wow.
1: Everybody, wow. everybody. Buckle up.
0: Buckle up. A lot goes on in the car, but remember, you're in control. Stand firm. Only move when you hear the click that says they're buckled in. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Well, Jason, I've got to tell
3: you, you're pretty much everything this company is looking for in an entry-level candidate. Great. Your resume isn't quite what we're used to, but you've got a fantastic work ethic. Thank you. And I'm impressed by how you carry yourself.
0: So, should we talk about the job?
3: Uh, What, the job? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no way of recruiting or even meeting you. This interview didn't happen. It may sound ridiculous, and that's because it kind of is. There's a huge pool of talent your company is missing out on. Meet the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs.
2: Man, we really could have used him.
3: Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org.
1: Paging common sense. Paging common sense. Is there any common sense left in the room? This is the update with Brandon Julian on 90.3 WKRB.
0: Welcome back uh, to the update, Brandon Julia. Monday afternoon uh, here on 90.3 WKRB. i streaming online, wkrb.org. We are on the road to Christmas around here. Only, uh, let's see, carry the one. Uh, We have nine days left until Christmas, eight uh, eight days left till my, uh, my birthday. I, I've repeatedly said to my producers, uh, I will be accepting birthday gifts uh, all month long. Even if it's just like a card or a basket of muffins, um, it's a simple it's a simple thought that counts. Um, I'm still waiting for still waiting for my gift. Uh, they've also indulged me slightly with uh, Christmas music twice an hour. Around here, I believe they're doing some type of big Christmas jamboree. Where they're going to play all day Christmas music on, uh, believe it's Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Uh, Stay tuned for that over the next uh, over the next couple the next couple of days. Uh, When will this uh, crazy weather come to an end? Uh, I'll give you details and exclusive WD Carry forecast coming up in the next half hour. Uh, Our WD Carry news time right now is two twenty four. Uh, let's talk about the weird of a true stories uh, we have this afternoon. We're going to begin down in Baltimore in Maryland, uh, where a man there is suing over a take-home paternity test that he says incorrectly indicated that he was the father of a one-year-old girl. The Daily Record reports that Nananka, I think that's right, Uh, no four, I think I got that right too, uh, wants the Ohio company to pay $75,000 for the cost of supporting the child and her mother and the pain of learning that he wasn't the father. The lawsuit claimed last week says that the Fairfield-based DNA Diagnostic Center Incorporated claims its paternity tests are 100% accurate. Uh the lawsuit says that he took a take-home paternity test in May that said that he was ninety-nine point nine nine. Yeah, I got that right. Uh 99.99 like percent likely to be the girls' biological father. Uh that result though was disproven by follow-up uh, by follow-up tests. Don't they always say "And Maury it's not a hundred percent accurate? It's like they said ninety nine point nine nine percent accurate Or am I missing or am I missing another nine? I might be missing another nine, I don't know. Well, well if they use those things on uh you see it on all the court shows like uh Maury uh, Paternity Court Well, it maybe it might have been a mistake. Who knows? Anyway, finally this afternoon as we count down the road to Christmas There's a Michigan family that's been passing down a 141-year-old homemade fruit cake as a family heirloom. The cake was originally preserved to honor Fidelia Ford, who baked the cake in 1878. Since then, the cake has been passed down to family members. And now the cake is a tribute to Ford's great-grandson, Morgan Ford, who died in 2013. The Detroit News reports that Morgan Ford held on to his family's fruitcake for ninety-three years and has shown the shown off the artifact at church and family gatherings, sharing stories about its history to younger relatives. Now isn't that nice, even though I'm sure most people here around here don't exactly like the taste or the sight of fruitcake. Carby uh, <laughs> News now two twenty seven. Let's talk about what happened on this day in history for this December the 16th. The highlight of his day came in 1773 when the Boston Tea Party took place as American colonists boarded a British ship and dumped more than 300 chests of tea into the Boston Harbor to protest tea taxes. In 1653, Oliver Cromwell became Lord Protector of England, Scotland, and Ireland. In 1859, Wilhelm Grimm, the younger of the story-writing brothers Grimm, died in Berlin at the age of 73. In 1905, the entertainment trade publication Variety came out with its first weekly issue. In 1907, 16 U.S. Navy battleships, which came to be known as the Great White Fleet, set sail on a 14-month around-the-world voyage to demonstrate American sea power. In 1944, the World War II Battle of the Bulge began as German forces launched a surprise attack against Allied forces through the Ardennes Forest in Belgium and Luxembourg. Uh, the Allies were eventually able, though, to turn the Germans back. In 1950, President Harry S. Truman proclaimed a national state of emergency in order to fight, quote, world conquests by communist imperialism. In 1960, 134 people were killed when a United Airlines DC-8 and a TWA super-constellation collided over New York City. In 1982, Environment, the EPA head Ann M. Grouch became the first cabinet-level officer to be cited for contempt of Congress for refusing to submit documents requested by a congressional committee. In 1985, at services in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, President Ronald Reagan and his wife Nancy offered condolences to families of 248 soldiers that were killed in the crash of a chartered plane in Newfoundland. In 1991, the UN General Assembly rescinded its 1975 resolution, equating Zionism with racism by a vote of 111 to 25. In 2000, President-elect George W. Bush selected Colin Powell to be the first African-American Secretary of State. And in 2001, after nine weeks of fighting, Afghan militia leaders claimed control of the last mountain bastion of Osama bin Laden's al-Qaeda fighters. But bin Laden himself was nowhere to be seen. WKRB News Time now, 2.30. We still have a lot more to cover on the update in our next half hour. We'll give you a recap of our top story. Harvey Weinstein, in a new interview with the New York Post, says that he's a pioneer in advancing the careers of women in the film industry. We'll give you more details. We'll also give you another check of your traffic and weather together. We'll go to Wall Street. We'll talk some business news that's happening there. Later on, we'll talk national news, including how the race for 2020 is officially on. Well, sort of. President Trump has made clear that he intends to participate in at least three general election debates, but he's threatening to sidestep the nonprofit group that's in charge with running them. And at the end of the broadcast this afternoon, in our honorable mentions... Imagine going to uh, check your bank account one day and seeing an unexpected deposit of, oh, I don't know, $37 million. Uh, it's all coming up when we return in uh, just one minute. This is the update with Brandy Julian on a Monday afternoon. It's the start of a brand new week here on 90.3 WKRB.
1: News for New Yorkers who never saw moving. You're listening to The Update with Brandon Julian on 90.3 WKRB.
3: Hi, this is Carvel Gray from Soul Jazz Phenom, wishing you a happy holiday season. Hi, this is Carvel Gray, and tune in with me on the Soul Jazz Phenom every Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. Travel through the music world. Some call it old school. Others call it classics. You'll hear artists like The Temptations. Johnny Hockerwood. Oh, yeah, oh, Herbie Hancock. And each program, Will profile an artist like Nina Simone, much more than this. I did it my way, and Marvin oh, what's going on? What's going on? So you'll be crazy not to tune in every Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on 90.3 WKRB and uh, WKRB.org.
1: You're listening to Brooklyn's Best Rhythmic Station, 90.3 WKRB with Brandon Julian. Now, the update continues on 90.3 WKRB. It's everything that you need to know because anything can happen in New York.
0: And good afternoon to you again, a little after 2.30 on this Monday afternoon. I'm Brandon Julian. Thank you so much for staying with us. Let's get you a recap of our top story this afternoon. Uh, In a new interview with uh, the New York Post, uh, Harvey Weinstein says that he's a pioneer in advancing the careers of women in the film industry. He said in a new interview that was published on Sunday that he's made more movies directed by women and about women than any other filmmaker. Of course, scores of women have accused the movie Mogul of sexual misconduct, and he's denied allegations of non-consensual sex. He faces a January 6th trial on rape and sexual assault charges in state court, and he's pleaded not guilty. Lawyer Gloria Alred, however, who represents the accuser, says that the sole focus should be on the criminal case. As our top story on the update this Monday. Let's get you around the city as we're about to embark on the PM rush. EKRB News Time is now 2.34. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Let's get you started again with a check of the local subways. Your northbound 4 and 5 trains are still on the local track, Brooklyn Bridge to Grand Central, while they continue to get medical help for someone, a passenger, at Fulton Street. Southbound B and C trains are still bypassing 135th Street, while crews continue to address a damaged platform edge at the station. For service to the station, take take the B or C train to 125th Street, and transfer to a northbound train, or you can use the M3 bus on St. Nicholas Avenue. Woodbound, Woodlawn-bound four trains are express Mashaloo Parkway to Woodlawn. to City stations take a four train to Mashaloo Parkway and transfer to a Brooklyn-bound four train. Also, four trains run every 16 minutes between Burnside Avenue and Woodlawn, and some of, you, some of them are skipping 170th Street, Mount Eaton Avenue, and 176th Street. Uh, for, uh, transfer at Burnside Avenue to continue your trip Or you can transfer to a Woodlawn bound 4 train at uh, 167th Street Six trains Pelham Bay Park bound are running local 3rd Avenue 138th Street to Parkchester Those six trains are supposed to run express Also the last stop for alternate trains toward Pelham Bay Park Is 3rd Avenue 138th Street Flushing-bound 7 trains uh, are express Junction Boulevard to Main Street. Service stations take the 7 train to Junction Boulevard or Willett Point and transfer to a Hudson Yards-bound 7 train. J trains are stopping in both directions at Hughes, Lorimer Streets, and Flushing Avenue in Brooklyn. L trains are running every 12 minutes for operator training between Myrtle Wyckoff Avenues and Rockaway Parkway. Last stop for alternate trains from Manhattan is Myrtle Wyckoff Avenues. And your Staten Island Railway trains. Uh, boarding change. All trains are boarding and exiting at the St. George-bound platform at Prince's Bay, Pleasant Plains, Richmond Valley, and Arthur Kill. This flooding protection also on your end trains through the spring of 2020. Your last stop is 86th Street. For service to and from Coney Island, use a D, F, or Q train. A free transfer is also available between the Avenue XF train station and the 86th Street N train station. It's about a five-minute walk, or you can transfer to the B-1 or B-4 buses when using your MetroCard. For wheelchair-accessible passengers, transfer to the D trains at 34th Street, Herald Square, or New Utrecht Avenue, 62nd Street. Also, accessibility wear continues until 2022 on your Grand Central Shuttle. Track 1 is out of service. Tracks 3 and 4 are available. For faster service on 42nd Street, you can use the 7 train or you can transfer to the M42 bus on the street level. Other than that, all the other subways they are running on are close to schedule. Alternate side parking and meter rules, they are in effect today, and garbage and recycling is on schedule. Let's take another look right now at our exclusive Double forecast. Once this uh, crazy weather Rain to sleet, uh, snow, I should say, to sleet to rain. Then raining most of Tuesday. It's going to get windy, and boy, is it going to get a lot colder. Probably our coldest air of the season for at least a day or two before we start mild, get back to milder weather uh, toward next weekend. But boy, is it definitely going to be cold for at least the next couple of days with lows in the teens. A couple of those days. So for the rest of this afternoon, we'll have cloudy skies with some flurries flying around in the air. Highs around 36. Tonight, we'll have rain, snow, and sleet transitioning to just rain and sleet and then just plain rain toward dawn. Uh, Lows around 33. Uh, Any snow and sleet that falls will be less than half an inch. Tomorrow for your Tuesday, we'll have rain. Highs will be around 37. Wind chills, though, between 30 and 35. Any rain that falls will be between a quarter and a half inch. Tuesday night, we'll have a chance of rain Uh, that ends around 8 o'clock, otherwise mostly cloudy, gradually becoming mostly clear. Uh, lows, Lows around 32. Wind chills between 25 and 30. And then on Wednesday, we'll have a chance of showers in the afternoon, otherwise increasing clouds. Highs around 36. Currently outside right now, it's 35 degrees and lightly snowing. Uh, humidity is at 47%, and our winds are currently calm. 35 degrees, they're going up to around 36 this afternoon with uh, just a couple of flurries ly- flying around, some light snow, otherwise cloudy, and that mix, the transition uh, to rain, uh, makes its way starting tonight. WKRB News Time now, 239. Let's talk some business news on this Monday. Stocks are rallying, rising with European and several Asian markets after China reported surprisingly strong signs of life. Growth in factory activity and retail sales in the world's second-largest economy beat economists' expectations for last month. And that layered on top of optimism from last week's Phase 1 trade deal between China and the United States. The rally is broad with roughly 85% of the stocks in the S&P 500 rising. Energy stocks were at the head of the pack after the price of oil added to its gain last week. Financial stocks were also strong on expectations that a healthier economy and higher interest rates will boost their profits. Take a look at the numbers right now. About an hour 20 left to the closing bell. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 147 points to 28,283, a new record. The S&P 500 is up 24 points, and the NASDAQ is up 86 points. But shares of the uh, California utility, PG&E, are down nearly 16% in the first day of trading since Governor Gavin Newsom rejected a $13.5 billion settlement with people who lost their homes businesses, or even worse. A series, of course, of devastating fires has already driven the nation's largest utility into bankruptcy. A decision by Newsom on Friday is also a major setback in the utilities' race to meet a June 30th deadline to emerge from bankruptcy protection. Pacific Gas and Electric, based in San Francisco, needs to craft a deal before it can draw from a special fund created by the Democratic governor and state lawmakers to help insulate utilities if their equipment sparks other catastrophic fires. U.S. bankruptcy judge Dennis Montali would have to approve also a settlement by December 20th, that's this Thursday, Tuesday, that's this Friday, I should say, ...for the deal to become part of PG&E's official plan to regain its financial footing. Caribbean News Time now 242. When we come back on the update this afternoon, it'll be time to talk national news... ...including how the race for 2020 is on now. Well, sort of, kind of. President Trump made clear that he intends to participate... In three general election debates, but he's also threatening to sidestep the nonprofit group that's charged with running them. But we will lead off next with a Princeton University scholar that was freed from Iran this month after three years of captivity. We lead off with that in just one minute. This is the update with Brandon Julian on a Monday afternoon here on 90.3 WKRB.
1: Keep it tuned in to WKRB. The update returns in a moment.
3: Brought to you by the Ad Council and grads Life.org.
1: Listen to us on Mixcloud to learn more about the stories that matter to you. And did you miss out on any episode of the update? Listen to us anytime at mixcloud.com slash the
0: WKRB update. Welcome back to the update. Brandon Julian here at 90.3 WKRB. We're all streaming online on WKRB.org. Our WKRB news time is now 2.44. It is time to talk some national news on this Monday. And we're going to begin this afternoon in Washington, where a Princeton University scholar who was freed from Iran earlier this month after uh, three years in captivity says that his release, quote, is a victory of humanity and diplomacy. Across nations and political differences. Zi I did not get this right, Zi Wang and his wife released a statement to the Associated Press today. They say that their family is doing well and is overjoyed by the support that they have received. But they say their joy is tempered by the fact that other prisoners remain in Iran. Wang was released on december seventh as part of a part of a prisoner exchange. That's all of America, release a detained Iranian scientist. Uh, it was a rare diplomatic breakthrough between Tehran and Washington after months of tensions. In other news this afternoon, uh, in the ongoing impeachment inquiry, House Democrats have now released a Judiciary Committee report detailing the rationale of impeaching the president. The 650-page report says that Trump, quote, "...betrayed the nation by abusing his high office to enlist a foreign power in corrupting democratic elections." Uh, Trump faces two articles of impeachment, abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. They stem, of course, from Trump's pressure on Ukraine to investigate 2020 political rival Joe Biden while withholding as leverage military aid that the country relies to counter Russia, as well as its efforts, to block the House investigation. The president says, however, that he's done nothing wrong. The House is expected to vote on Wednesday on the impeachment articles. WKRB News Time is now 2.46. The president made clear, abundantly clear today, that he intends to participate in at least three general election debates, but he's also threatening to sidestep the nonprofit group that's charged with running them. Trump is complaining, without evidence, that the Commission on Presidential Debates is, quote, stacked with Trump haters and never Trumpers. Trump tweeted that his record, quote, is so good that, quote, perhaps I would consider more than three debates. In a statement, the commission said that it had conducted 30 general uh, pre- election, presidential, and vice presidential debates since 1988, and that its record is, quote, one of fairness, balance, and nonpartisanship. In other news this afternoon on the Democratic side of things in Clinton, Iowa, a deepening sense of volatility is now settling over the primary, presidential primary election on the eve of the sixth and final debate of the year. The seven candidates who remain are being forced to grapple with unprecedented distraction from Washington. and There are also questions about their core principles and new signs that the parties' as energized factions are now turning against each other. Lest there be any doubt about the level of turbulence in the race, it's unclear whether Thursday's debate will happen at all, given the unsettled labor union dispute that might force participants to cross a picket line. WKRB news time is now 2.48. Down in Atlanta this afternoon, there's a voting rights group that was founded by Democrat Stacey Abrams. It's now filed an emergency motion asking a court to halt George's plan mass purge of voters. The motion was filed by Fair Fight Action in U.S. District Court today, just hours before the Secretary of State's office planned to begin the purge of inactive voter registrations. Secretary of State Brad, Ra- Brad Raffensperger, back in October, released a list of over 313,000 voters whose registrations were at risk of being canceled. They were mailed notices back in November and had 30 days to respond in order to keep their registration intact. A spokesman for the Secretary of State said that the purge is still planned for overnight today. We'll be back with more national news in just 1 minute. WKRB News Time is now 2:49.
2: Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by feedthepig.org. Well, I finally did it. I opened a 401k. So you're giving up just like that. Giving up on what?
3: I'm getting an inheritance from a distant relative.
2: Debt? You watch your mouth. Retirement shouldn't be a goal for us. It should be a way of life. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council.
0: WKRB News Time is now 2.50. Down in Houston this afternoon, the FBI says that a 19-year-old man has now been arrested after trace amounts of mercury spilled at three locations in Houston, leading dozens of people to be decontaminated. The agency's Houston office said on Twitter that Christopher Lee Melder has been arrested and charged with burglary and unlawful disposal of hazardous material. Houston Fire Chief Sam Pena said in a news conference yesterday that the situation was under control and crews were cleaning up the spills. Pena said, though, that one woman was taken to a hospital because she was pregnant. Between 30 and 60 people were asked to take decontamination showers. In other news this afternoon, down in Birmingham in Alabama, wild weather is striking across the nation. The National Weather Service says that the chances have increased for severe storms, including tornadoes, across the Deep South. Forecasters say about a million people live in an area of northeastern Louisiana and southwestern Mississippi that had a moderate chance of dangerous weather today. Or tonight, a tornado watch had been issued from East Texas through Louisiana, into Central Mississippi and southern Arkansas. Forecasters say a lesser threat will extend into Alabama, Western Georgia, the western Florida han- flestin- the Western Florida Panhandle, and Tennessee as the storms move eastward. WKB News Time now 252. Sticking with the weather theme for a moment up in Missouri, authorities there say at least five people have died in weather-related crashes in Missouri and Kansas amid a storm that dumped nearly a foot of snow in places and forced schools to close. The National Weather Service, the wintry weather, was part of a storm system that hit parts of the Midwest and was extended into the Northeast through tomorrow. In one of the crashes, the Missouri State Highway Patrol said three people were killed last night when a driver lost control and overturned. A motorist who was also stranded after a previous crash and two Good Samaritans who were trying to help were also struck. And finally this afternoon, going back to Washington, the federal government's 2.1 million employees will now get paid parental leave for the first time as part of legislation passed by Congress. It's a galvanizing moment, of course, in the growing movement to bring the benefit to all U.S. workers. Under the bill, federal employees will get 12 weeks of paid leave from mothers and fathers of newborns newly adopted children, or foster children. President Trump says that he will sign it into law. The new policy also aligns the federal government with many of the country's most powerful companies, which have been leading the charge in aggressively expanding parental leave benefits. Imagine this scene for a second. Imagine going to check your checking, your bank account, one day. And you see an unexpected deposit for $37 million. Your honorable mention is coming up when the update with Brandon Julian for Monday afternoon returns in just 60 seconds.
2: Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org.
1: This is
0: the update with Brandon Julian on 90.3 WKRB. Welcome back to the update of Brandon Julian here on 90.3 WKRB. You're also streaming online on WKRB.org. Our WKRB news time is going on 2.56. Just enough time left this afternoon for your honorable mention. Imagine really, imagine going to a check your bank account uh, one day, whether it's you go through the, the, the actual bank or through an app, and seeing an unexpected deposit for $37 million. Ruth Balloon says that she was finishing up her shift at Roma Boots in Dallas when she happened to check her account. Balloon said that her account was stacked with an extra $37 million. Balloon told uh, station KTVT TV. That's a weird affiliate. Uh, I was hoping someone really gifted us thirty seven million dollars. She says her first thought was to take a breath and then tell her husband about the body. Uh, her husband called their bank, Legacy Texas, and asked about the deposit that seemed just too good to be true. Balloon says that they were advised it was a clerical error, and the bank apologized and took back the money. She said that there was no way she was going to keep the money, knowing it wasn't hers. But now she's hoping the the bank will gift her some kind of uh, finder's fee. Uh, Legacy Bank explained that the error happened during a manual input of foreign currency, which apparently caused an exchange rate mix-up. As they say, people, well, the more you know. W. News time is now two fifty-seven. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for traffic and weather together. Final check of our rail conditions if you're heading out to the uh, subways right now. Your southbound B and C trains, they've resumed stops at 135th Street. After crews addressed a damaged platform edge at that station, still continue to use the uh, M3 bus along St. Nicholas Avenue as the earlier congestion clears. We have, still have midday planned work on the 4, 6, 7 jl trains in the Staten Island Railway. They vary until 3 o'clock to 3.30, depending on the line. Check mta.info for more details. Flooding protection on your end train through the spring of 2020. Last stop 86th Street. Use a DF or Q train for service to Coney Island. And accessibility work continues until 2022 on your Grand Central Shuttle. Track 1 is out of service. Tracks 3 and 4 are available. Use the 7 train or the M42 bus on the street level for faster service on 42nd Street. Other than that, all the other subways are running on a close to schedule. Alternate side parking and meter rules are in effect today, and garbage and recycling is on schedule. Final look at our forecast this afternoon. We'll have cloudy skies with some snow flurries or light snow flying around. Highs around 36 Tonight, that rain snow sleet mixed in turns to rain and snow, and then just plain rain as we head toward dawn. Lows around 33. Any snow that falls will be less than a half inch. Tomorrow for your Tuesday, we'll have rain. Highs around 37. Wind chills between 30 and 35. Any rain that falls will be between a quarter and a half inch. And then on Wednesday, we'll have a chance of showers in the afternoon. Otherwise, increasing clouds. Highs around 36. Currently outside right now, 35 degrees and lightly snowing. Humidity at 47%, our winds are currently calm. 35 degrees are going up to 36 this afternoon with those clouds and snow showers. And then tonight, that mix changes over to plain rain as we head toward tomorrow's AM rush. Our thought for today is from Sir Noel Coward, an English actor, playwright, and composer. Born on this date in 1899 and died in 1973. Our thought for today is, it's discouraging to think how many people are shocked by honesty and how few by deceit. I'll let you guys ponder on that. As we say in the words of Walter Cronkite, that's the way it is. Monday, December the 16th, 2019. That is the update on this Monday. I'm Brandon Julie, and We appreciate you joining us. Helping your news is good news. For all of us here at WDKRB, uh take it easy with the commute tonight and tomorrow. The snow rain mix changes over to all rain, but it's snow for a couple of hours. It might stick to the colder surfaces. Honey, I can't wait to tell you about how this math final went. Uh, I think I feel really good about it this time around. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. I'll see you right back here tomorrow.